tip. Good afternoon. It is January 17th, 2022. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by William Minos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? Happy Martin Luther King Day. This is actually kind of a sneaky, fun sports day. It kind of sneaks up on me every year, and I think it's because it's just been relatively recently that they've the basketball gods have decided this is a basketball day. Uh, NBA jumping all the way in on it. The uh, the Celtics were the first game of today. They uh, tipped off at 1230, uh, starting, I think it was like around 3. TNT has had games on. There's been other games on during the day. There was actually a uh, really good college basketball game that tipped off at noon. It was Purdue, number four Purdue at uh, number 17 Illinois that went into double overtime. It's not good for work productivity, but it definitely uh, helps me, you know, kind of ease on into a Monday. Uh, were you able to uh, catch any of the basketball today? I watched a little bit of the Celtics game. It's I there. I I don't want to I don't want to tear apart this team. I mean, even when they're even when we win, I don't feel good. Like that's just where we're at at this point. There's there's nothing this team could do for me to feel good about it. There's glaring flaws. There's issues that we're just not addressing. And we're just pushing forward as if maybe, maybe this the same trying the same thing over and over again will give us a different result. But you know, it's uh, a it's 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 a win, right? We did we did win, right? I swear we won. I I didn't watch the end of it, but I watched a little bit of the first half and most of the the third quarter. It looked like we were kind of handling things a little bit, but I have nothing good to say about the Celtics. They, they, we need to make changes. I feel like we're the only team that urgently needs to make changes at this point. I think there's other teams that feel like they need to, but they're really not in the driver's seat and have the assets, I guess, to, to actually shake up the roster. I feel like we could actually shake up this roster. It's just going to be a really big move. As today was uh, technically an official work day for me, I did not put the, the, the Celtics game on. That uh, that college game, like I said, it was a, it was a really, really big matchup. But it was like, it, it is the middle of a work day. You know, and once it was uh, under 30 seconds, uh, then I watched, you know, Went went to overtime, so I had to had to keep an eye on it. But the Celtics game definitely was a no. That will that will not be on during during work hours. I that that doesn't cross over that uh you know that that line. Just on I I, I can't get that upset at, at at work during during work hours, and it's getting more and more of I, why, why am I getting upset? This, this is uh, should be expected, but yes, we uh, we did get the, uh, the the win today, so. <sighs> You know, I almost, I almost you know, went in expecting to lose just because it's a team we are supposed to beat, supposed to beat handily. And there's just been so many bad losses this year. It just seems like these are when you have to be on the, on the edge the most for the, oh, well, we're going to win by 20. You don't, don't even worry about this game. See, you set me up perfectly there. You said we. Like, we're on the team. Like, we're rooting for it. It's a fair it's a fair assessment. I feel like some people judge us for that feeling of attaching ourselves as if we actually make a difference because we really don't. But it's an important thing to our lives and based after uh, the first round of the playoffs kind of coming to a close, uh, we got one more game tonight. We'll we'll talk about that later. But it's a hard day for we, I will say, as Patriot fans and it's probably even a harder day for those people as Dallas fans. As, as well as the other franchises that are somehow managed to get into the playoffs and then just had a very, very poor showing. An interesting, interesting opening round of, I suppose, nothing really surprising, just just not 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 that exciting. I guess the Dallas game is a little bit more exciting, but as a Patriots fan, let's just kind of get, get through this while we can. We are essentially 
dominated offensively with a perfect offensive game where they score a touchdown on every single possession, meaning our defense didn't stop them for a punt, didn't stop them once on a third down, didn't stop them once for a field goal, didn't stop them once for a turnover, didn't stop them at all. Like, not once. It's it's arguably the worst you could ever do. Uh, what's the bright spot here? They're, they're the bright spot's Max a rookie, right? We, we should be able to do this. But the thing is, I feel like we pointed Mac as our weak link the whole year. And who was the weak link in the reason we lost this game? It was the defense, was it not? It is definitely a, a tricky one because it's the you know the, the, the day after the the weekend after, and it's just like man, you know we we had a shot. We've beat Buffalo before. It was a goofy set of circumstances, but it was going to be really cold, so the elements were going to play a factor again. But I mean, it wasn't, I should say it's not that long ago, but it was. At the beginning of this year, you know, a month in, we were already talking about, you're, you were talking about tanking. I was trying to keep the, the ship afloat as much as possible. So I think if we had talked to ourselves then and said, hey, we are going to make the playoffs, I think we would have signed up for that. But just disappointed how much of a dismantling it was. Uh, we've been very lucky. We've had so much success in the playoffs that, it, I didn't feel like I had to make it appointment viewing just on the, oh, well, we, we win all the time. So, yeah, we'll, we'll probably pull this out. That, that's what we do. But they scored on the first drive. And like you said, they scored on every drive. So pretty quickly we're down 14 nothing, and just realize there, there, there's nothing there. And then, you know, after the game, yeah, it comes out. They had the perfect game. All sorts of stats of, uh, I think it was a 24-point, Halftime deficit is the most in a playoff under Belichick. It might have been the, I don't know if that was the biggest uh, deficit or the biggest deficit in the game that Belichick's ever had. Just a whole bunch of Belichick sets that were just not good. So one of those, the, the, the game never had hope. At, at any point, it was just a, an absolute blowout. Just no, nothing you can do. Not, nothing went right. I don't know whatever the plan was, whatever we were trying to do, none of it worked. None of it worked. Throw out everything from that game because whatever whatever we tried wasn't working. So we, whatever goes into next year, we got to go with a different approach, a different strategy to, to beat this team because the thing is this Buffalo team's not going away. Josh Allen looks fantastic. He's set for, what, arguably another well, – just say, what, another 10 years? safely somewhat conservatively uh, however I, I think there's an accurate chance that we're going to be game planning around Josh Allen for another decade more or less so it's it's concerning it, I, I felt like this team was closer but now I'm starting to feel like maybe we were closer to that Philly team or that Pittsburgh team that just truly didn't even deserve to be in the playoffs we were just properly coached and able to kind of maneuver our way through the regular season against some teams that weren't as prepared or perhaps had more injuries, more COVID issues. Like there's just, it was a fluky year. And I don't know whether to buy into the success of our, our season or the, the really, really disappointing end result of it. Like what, what's, what's the, what's the real Patriot team? Is, is it last night or is it a couple of weeks ago when we not only beat this team, but we beat a couple other good teams. I think we have to be positive that pretty confident that we have, we have a quarterback for, for the future. Uh, you got to be careful with that because he had some some good games and he had some terrible games. But 
he, he's a rookie. That's that's to be expected. And next year, it's just going to be tough to try to kind of temper some expectations because improvement and quarterback play, really just sports in general, it's, it's rarely is it linear. So when he has a couple of games where he struggles next year, don't immediately panic, don't immediately throw everything out. But he definitely showed some stuff this year that said, you know what, I, I like how he uh, commands uh, the huddle. It seems like the players around him like him. And just it's the most important spot. And you really need to have somebody there. Uh, last year, you know, we didn't make the playoffs. Cam Newton, it was very clear, was not the answer. So just to have a little bit of, uh, of hope there, I think, is helpful. Well, unfortunately, Mac Jones is not going to get any help this offseason because if we don't just focus everything on our defense at this point, there's, there's no point of anything. I think you hope for the best that maybe Mac gets a little bit better and we are able to grow some of these younger receivers. Like we have a really young core if you look at it. Like Harris is young. All of our receivers we brought in, even some of the guys that have had some some history at some other teams, they're, they're still very young. I think we could hold on to all these guys. But the defense, man, like we can't – you can't – this can't happen. The, the amount of improvement that this needs to happen just immediately – I'm worried a little bit that Mac's going to get kind of put on the back burner in terms of offensive improvement, and we're just going to focus everything on defense. Because even if we had the greatest quarterback of all time this last game, we were not going to win this game. We had zero stops. I don't care what who the quarterback is. I don't care if your Madden rating is 99. It doesn't matter. You're not going to win if your defense can't get one stop. So I, I, I suppose I, I wasn't hoping to have this conversation. If anything, I thought we'd put up a decent fight and say, you know what? We get one more year under Mac, maybe a little bit more help here or there, and and you know our defense is, is pretty strong. We'll, we'll bring all those guys back. It's going to be great. And now, now I don't know what we got. Now, now I feel like we need an entire defensive thing as well as whatever the defensive strategy was. That guy's got to go too. That this was bad. Like none of it worked. You weren't even able to make uh, corrections throughout the game. You know, like <laughs> there was no halftime adjustment, adjustment, third quarter adjustment, no adjustments at all. It just didn't work. Everything failed. So I, I, I'm much more concerned about all, all of those changes that need to be kind of addressed right now. But you know what? We have the right to be upset, but we really don't after a successful decade of, of dominance of Tom Brady eras and longer than that. And I look at the Dallas team and the way they lost, and it's rough. It's rough. It's a rough way to lose. It's, it's not fair. It feels as if. They, they should have at least had an opportunity. But the reality is, we were watching the beginning of this game kind of sporadically. They didn't show up. Like, they don't they don't score. They're, they have so many penalties. They're down so early, getting dominated. They're running the ball. I don't think they even had – I think they had three possessions in the first quarter. And they must have had – I don't even think they had two first downs. Like, you, you just – you can't get off to a slow start like that. You can't – like, the, the reason these things happen is because you're, you're falling far behind. So I, I really don't feel that sympathetic as if, like, the last play was the only reason they lost. It's like they didn't show up in the first half. They, they got to such a slow start in this game. So I, I, I don't know. Now, do you think – they talked about how, like, they practiced this thing, and I've heard some debates on whether or not they've practiced the, the spike ball and the huddle and you hurt the hurry up and all of that. If you practice it, do you think they practice handing that ball to the referee? Because I've heard some people say you absolutely do because there's no point in everyone else getting ready because you can't go – until the ref or the umpire or whatever sets the spot. So who are you believing in all this? Does this seem like something they didn't actually practice and they weren't ready for? Or did this kind of just a panic under game pressure where, holy crap, you know, everything's happening super fast, a hyper speed, and you, you just kind of forget things? 
Uh, I'm sure they they practice it. Uh, it was it was for sure a, a risky play. They probably knew that they had to take that risk because the 49ers know well, we're protecting the sideline. Like you are not completing a pass or doing anything, so you kind of had to go up the middle where it was a little softer and take that risk. But I, I'm I'm on your side. You know, it seemed like every time you know you looked at uh, at the game, 49ers had the ball again. They were up 23 to seven going into the fourth. So yeah, Dallas made it sort of interesting towards the end, but it was even if they had gotten the ball clocked, they're at the 25, they have one shot at the end zone. So it wasn't like they had gotten the end zone and there was a penalty. It they were just it, it was such such a such long odds uh all, all the way around. I mean, they they had a ton of issues uh with with penalties. I saw it was a they couldn't even fit it all, all the penalties on one page. It, it went on like like a page and a half. They lined up offsides three times. There was a goofy one where they they tackled uh, an offensive lineman. Just seems like juvenile, like peewee football kind of things. And just you're you're in the playoffs. You were expected to win. Uh, that's one of the things that, you know. We we as uh, Patriots fans, you were definitely uh, the most. Uh, optimistic of anyone I talked to. It seems like anybody else I talked to kind of had more of a, Oh, I, yeah, I, I, I don't know where I got to imagine Cowboys fans were going into this playing at home saying, yeah, we were good this year. Yeah. We're, we're going to win. We're, we're making it to the next round. So I think that they uh, got to be in a much uh, worse spot than we are. The, the ironic part about that is every podcast and every gambling, every site, every, all of that was everybody's betting on the Niners. Nobody's having, and it was almost like, Come on, Dallas. Like you're the nobody's believing in you. This is the, the thing that nobody ever wants to happen. You have this chance to prove everybody wrong. I, I just a completely missed opportunity of a game that was really not that winnable for them. It feels winnable because they were that close on this last play. But as you said, if he doesn't even make that rush, let's say he throws instead of rushing on that one, they're they're looking at is that third down or fourth down when he rushes? I, I can't even remember if they if he had to rush for a first down or not. But I think he got the first down because I think you yeah because I think it was like 14, 14 yards. All right, but my point is is this game is we're acting like they lost by you know a, a, a toe a toe being inbound on the back of the end zone. It's like no, it wasn't it wasn't that close. You you basically lose on a hail mary that never happened from from ten yards out. Like it, it doesn't it's still a hail mary. Like it was the last play. It was going to take a miracle, and it, the odds of that happening are still not great. They just feel like they got cheated out of just having a chance to do it. But, you know, just take care of business earlier. Don't put yourself in that situation, and you don't have to worry about it. I, I, I truly don't think they were even going to score if they do get that playoff. As well as, we wouldn't have been talking about how dominant Dallas was. We would have talked about a complete collapse of the Niners, who were up, like you said, by mm -hmm. a big margin in the fourth quarter. Like, this is just because... This really isn't a story is kind of what I'm getting at is that Dallas sucked this whole game. It, sh it shouldn't even be a big deal. It's kind of a big deal because the ref gets in the way at the end there just trying to do his job and nobody does anything to help him for that job, which you guys can't go until he goes. So it just seems a little backwards of of people being upset and feeling bad for themselves. Now, I I, I will say this, though, I the the faces that are being captured on the fans around the Dallas <laughs> stadium. I've never seen this just the pain be captured so easy so much just so well of all of these fans the misery the 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 just 
death stares of like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, this is really how it's all going to go down. Perfectly captured by uh, all the cameramen. I, I, I need to applaud that. I feel like that could be a museum right there of, of, of a real a real feeling. Like, you want to look at a picture of a painting that really makes an emotion on you? This These faces... If you've if you've had a team and you've had a loss and you've had a struggle like that, you can relate to that feeling immediately. And I, I just I've never seen it shown so many so many places so regularly. <laughs> just brutal, brutal loss for them. Is that pretty much wrap up this game though? The Niners look good. Should we talk about their future? Maybe like do they have a shot next week, or or is this kind of just uh, getting the job done against Dallas, who just couldn't take care of business? Uh, I think they have a shot. You know, it's, sometimes it's just, uh, you know, about getting hot at the right time in any of these single elimination tournaments. So, you know, made, made it past uh, the Cowboys, and I, I, I think they got a shot. I think they have a shot, too. I think they play good playoff football. They're able to run the ball. They have a lot more offensive playmakers than I think anyone was kind of willing to give them credit, thinking Jimmy's going to hold them, hold them back a little bit, and he might. But as long as you get the ball into the hands of some of these guys – just job done. Like let Kittle go do his own thing. Let Ayuk and uh, Debo, all, all these guys, let them just go to work. Get them the ball and do that. Now the loss on on defense, I think Bosa's probably he, he's not playing next week. I, I I'd be shocked by that, and I think that's going to be a a huge loss. But uh, you know these guys and and have been on the, on this defense have been in and out. I feel like for the past two three years, and that's their their strength and their weakness. So uh, we'll we'll see who ends up showing up next week. But I think offensively. That's good playoff football. I think they'll be able to run the ball if they can control the possession like they did this game. It, you got a shot to win if you can control the possession. The other team can't do anything if you constantly have the ball. So I, I will give them a shot. Maybe not a great shot, but it's, uh, it's a chance. <laughs> uh, let's yeah, see. And that, that, that's all you need. Let's see. Other uh, other teams that played this weekend, uh, I, I really don't know how much of a chance we were expecting Philly to have. I, I actually was kind of happy that Tom was able to kind of take care of business and wrap that up. I, I was – not watching that game, nor was I going to have the time to watch that game. I was glad that I didn't really miss too much there. It's it's essentially a blowout of basically a shutout for as far as I know. Like this game was, I think twenty one yeah, nothing, thirty one nothing, something crazy like that. And yeah, going into the fourth. So Tom looks good. Gronk gets a touchdown. I'm still not entirely sold on Tampa being what we thought they were at the beginning of the year. I, I still feel like there's there's some weakness in there, but. As long as Tom's alive, like, doesn't it just feel like they've got a chance? Like, it doesn't matter. It, it None of it matters. I've seen this guy win games he shouldn't have won time and time again, and this just seemed like him taking care of business. Like, this is what a, a playoff team does. They show up, no messing around. We're going up early. We're going up big. We're shutting them out. We're scoring points. This is the playoffs. So I, I, I give them that. I think, they, I think they got that going for them. Are you fearful of Tampa at all, or do you, do you think they, they kind of have some glaring weaknesses here? <laughs> Uh, you know they've they've had the the skill position players that have gotten hurt, but I, I agree with you. It's like you got Tom Brady back there. There are still weapons. He's still dangerous. So if it's a one score game and there are two minutes left and you're giving the ball back to Tom Brady, you're in trouble. You're in real trouble. So uh, you, you got to make sure that you really have them out of the game. And they were not messing around with uh with with the Eagles. It was it was like I, I hadn't even like notice the game had started. And by the time I'd looked at my phone, they'd already scored a touchdown. It's just like, Nope, we're not even messing around. Get, get us to the next round. Uh, Kansas city looks dominant. I feel like they're the, 
clear-cut favorite. Then again, uh, I don't know what you were expecting of a, of a challenge to really be put up against them in that first round here. So not a whole lot to touch on there. I mean, they're they're doing what I think everyone is fearful of them always doing. They're, they have a high-powered offense. The defense seems stronger than anyone's in, anticipating. But we'll, we'll see once they come up against a, a little bit stronger of an opponent, I guess. I mean, the, the, a lot of these teams that made the playoffs – <laughs> I feel like it should were... be a uh, it should be a fun one next week. Uh, Chiefs versus the Bills. They both put up a bunch of points, and that that could be a real uh, real shootout, like a real real fun game. Well, the, my favorite thing about that is that we're we're actually going to get a game with two good quarterbacks in it. When I look at all these matchups, it's it's which what, what are the games that we're going to actually get two quarterbacks in it? Like, is that the only one? Like, I, like what do you think? I mean, Rogers and Garoppolo. I mean, maybe. Who else is left? <laughs> Like this is it. This is it. This is your Super Bowl right here. If you ask me, it, it's it's Josh Allen versus Mahomes. This is the two the two quarterbacks, the two best quarterbacks left. If you ask me, so I think that'll be a great matchup. Hopefully, we get the offensive showdown we want because I don't know if we're going to get it in any of the other matchups. Uh, we do have one more matchup tonight, and I think is going to be a decent matchup. We've talked about how the the coaching relationship between the Cardinals and Rams is pretty personal, and the bragging rights of the offseason are. are beyond more valuable than anything else they have on this game they I, they do not want to lose to one another uh it's it's wrapping up we got a monday night football playoff game i think you mentioned that last week being uh the first time we've done that ever or at least in a really long time uh who who ever. you got tonight what uh what are you anticipating we've got uh the cardinals at the rams uh my money is on the uh on, on the cardinals but really i would just like a competitive game None of the games this weekend were really competitive. Uh, you know, like Dallas made it interesting down the stretch, but the majority of that game was like not, not, not competitive. Patriots game for sure wasn't competitive. Like we were just talking about the the Bucks Eagles game was not competitive. Chiefs game was not competitive. I guess the closest one is the Bengals Raiders, but that never really felt that that competitive. That felt so like I'm just a, for a like week something, eighteen something game back too. and forth. Just some something where it's a. Uh, you know, just 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 some excitement. The Bengals game felt like like a week eighteen or week nineteen game. That was like, is this even really the playoffs? Like, we're getting this is the the preliminary round of the NCCA March Madness you know tournament. It's 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 not well, even. And at, at that point, nobody's was, picking okay, these teams. <laughs> at, at, this, at that point, it was this is the first game of the playoffs, so it's just like it's like it's, like, it's an appetizer. So, like, oh, okay, all right, getting our feet wet a little bit. Like the this game wasn't great. The other ones will be better. And it's like no. No, they were not. Yeah, well, I think everybody knows, or at least is. I mean, that's good. One of those teams had to win. It was going to be that only win of the playoffs for either of those teams. That was like it's it. That's it. There's nothing else is happening. It's it's, it's over. Just, I'm I'm crossing them out. I I don't I don't think they're going to have much of a chance uh, the next round here. But I I could be wrong. I just, it's just I feel like there's different stages to the or strengths to these teams, like the the hierarchy. They're on that lower one. They're they're not quite on that that level. But maybe they'll prove me wrong. Uh, but I I actually am gonna go with the Rams tonight. You're you're going with the Cardinals. I I mean I don't I I don't really have a whole lot of reasons to dislike the Cardinals. I just feel like the Rams, the names on that roster are gonna come up big for for a big game here, and I I think that's gonna. I think McVay's just gonna gonna have have some some tricks up his sleeve that, that are gonna 
just come out of nowhere. I don't know what it's going to be. I, you know, uh, you, you make a good argument. I mean, Matt Stafford, ton of success in the playoffs. So, you know, that, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think I think they're going to, like, <laughs> ironically, like, run the ball a lot tonight. And it's going to catch everyone <laughs> off guard when Stafford has, like, 10 passes and they win. It's like, holy shit, what oh, a great I game. I mean, you know, anytime you can give it to the, the Patriots, you know, four-string running back, you know, that's probably a good idea. You know, Sonny Michelle. Yeah, you're making a lot of good points here, Will. Yeah, Super Bowl champions, <laughs> Sonny Michelle. What was the last time we won without him? We never won anything without him, huh? Maybe we should bring him back. What are you talking about? We won lots of Super Bowls without Sonny Michelle. Yeah, but we won a big one because of Sonny Michelle. I, I will never forget that. You seem to have forgotten that very quickly of, of recent. But, yeah, I'm taking the Rams. I I, I feel like the Rams, uh, I, it, it, the Cardinals in Arizona, I don't know if I trust their consistency. They've, they've had moments where I think they look fantastic and moments where they don't look great. Not that the Rams haven't had those ups and downs. But I think the peaks of both these teams, the Rams have a little bit more consistency and I think a little bit more higher yeah. peak. And, and Yeah, in all honesty, yeah, the Cardinals definitely started off well and have definitely been uh, kind of sputtering to the to, to the finish here. So I, I just I would really like a, a, a competitive game. I would love for Kyler Murray to be going crazy doing things that no one else in the world could do because he's fully capable of that. But that's a tough ask for a playoffs and especially when the other team can essentially – game manage that and they're going in knowing that they have to focus on that I, I just feel like when you when you have enough time to really you know study this up and kind of prepare for it I, I think it's a little bit easier to slow down but we'll, we'll see I, I don't I don't know what the results will be we'll definitely talk about that next week uh, but I'll, I'll take the Rams you got the Cardinals that's kind of a good note to keep going forward here uh, this wasn't the only uh, playoff that was going on we had the college football playoff wrap up last week as well of which I can't believe it, but Alabama didn't win. I, <laughs> what? I thought, is that allowed? Are we sure? I thought we, we, we just write them down, write them in every week, every, every year. The, the, the Alabama wins, right? Isn't that, isn't that how it's supposed to go? Not just got beat. They got beat by a walk-on. Is that really how we're going to sell this? You really want to tell the storyline like that? Like, I mean, it is a, a pretty cool story of a, the guy was a walk-on, then he was off the roster, then he got back on the roster. It, it, it's it's definitely like a redemption story of of having stupid loyalty to the wrong school, I suppose. But it, it worked out, right? I I guess that's that's the way he, it goes. He threw some just absolute daggers. You know what? I, I already, when you wrote down this topic and said it to me today, I'd already forgotten about the game entirely. And the only real memory I have of it is the Alabama receiver getting injured and just kind of everyone on the Alabama, yeah. everyone on the Alabama sidelines face just going white of like, this isn't good. That's terrible. This guy's supposed to be big, big draft stock up here, as well as just like you're when a big player like that goes down, it's it's hard to snap out of it in game. And especially in this critical of a game where you, you have enough pressure on you as is to have something like that happen. You can really throw off your game. Now, I'm not saying they would have won with him there. I just felt like that was not the momentum change that Alabama needed, nor were they ready for uh, of that kind of, I don't know, unexpected <laughs> tragedy. It, it really was. It was brutal. It's bad. I, I'm not sure. Well, remember too, they had a uh, a wide receiver go down in the the semifinal game as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that is right. The yeah. Week so, yeah. So when it happened again in this game, just very unfortunate. On the you're losing a weapon to make this you know as a competitive and like having the best players out there as possible as well as you know this guy you know hopefully this doesn't impact his uh his draft stock too much but it's like 
life-changing money and he's got a long long road to go just on recovery and rehab i think it's one of the things that we just generally think about of oh yeah well you know he's got a rehab and he'll get in there but just like the mental toll it takes on you it's one thing to be working out and you know you're excited it's another thing to like i have to do this these things that eventually will help me get back on the field but for right now it's like that's months away before I could do any of the fun stuff. I have to do all of the work and you you're not with your team. You're by yourself and it's got to be a real mental hurdle to, to get over. It's I it's, it's college football. I, I, I really, I still don't really care about it. I suppose the playoff work though, we were able to take down Alabama and another powerhouse one instead. So I, I, I guess that yeah, go, go Georgia, go Bulldogs. I, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's a real underdog story here. It's just, it's just, I guess that's my disappointment of this college football is it never feels like the underdog wins, and maybe it's not supposed to. Maybe Why the, would you want the underdog to win? I don't know, because it's college. It's amateur. I thought they were supposed to be professionals. Shouldn't, should, shouldn't still the best team win? Do you think the best team wins in college basketball every year? Because we know it doesn't. We know it doesn't. Not every year, but I think there, you you don't really get very many upsets like true upsets i i mean all right the top four teams aren't there every year i think that's fair to say the final four is never the best four teams i think that's more of my point right now is but you're not getting i'm not saying like you're not getting a mid-major is not winning the you know the championship no no but i feel like they they do have a chance in college basketball to at least get there versus in college football they just don't have a chance or even if they do get there they really don't have a chance they're they're competing with too small they're not competing with the same strength there's no way it's it's not a it's pure talent it's not like you can overcome coaching and and develop this talent like that it's just size it's speed it's depth the depth of all these other schools too i mean we talked about them losing the the receivers you know that that sucks but if they lost just about in any other position i guarantee there's like 12 other guys ready to step up that every other school wishes they had I think that's mm-hmm. another disadvantage of it. Where in basketball, you can kind of put together a depth. Uh, the, the depth is definitely a disadvantage, but I, I, I just feel like you don't ever have that that same parity in 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 the teams. But I, I don't know. That's that's more of my beef of college basketball or college football. But uh, speaking of college basketball, let, let's just talk about it right now. I, I, Gonzaga is now number one again. I don't know if that means we got it right earlier in the year. or we're getting it right now or if we were wrong the whole time i mean it's kind of weird with these these teams just bounce back and forth and it's like a survival jenga game here of like oh no are we are we one block away or are we we're going down like what what's happening here like is this is this good news or bad news for i suppose your your duke basketball season <laughs> well i think it i don't i don't think it's bad for uh for me as a as a duke fan because we uh we we beat Gonzaga earlier this year so that uh, them being back at number one, just kind of in our back pocket is like, well, we beat the number one team in the country. So if we can beat the number one team in the country, we could beat anybody. Uh, they've started their conference play in a conference that is supposed to be there. That's the, uh, the West coast conference. It's supposed to be more competitive this year, but they've won every game by pretty much like 30, 30 something points, putting up uh, 117 points, 110 points and 115 points. So they there's a good chance they could just have that number one the uh, the, the rest of the year. They went uh, almost they went regular season wire to wire almost the whole season last year. 
until Baylor upset them in the in the championship game. So this is not an unusual position for them to be in. Uh, their next, I'm going to say, close possible game is not until February 5th where they'll be playing at BYU, but they just beat BYU at home, like I said, by 30-something points. So I, I don't know if I would, I would necessarily lock that in. Well, I don't really have anything else to talk about for college basketball. Is there any other things you want to get to? Is there somebody we should be watching? Any games coming up this week? What's is it? Uh, just uh, it was kind of just want to put it out there. Just I'm always trying to get a little, little, just a little bit of college basketball in there as we get closer to uh, March Madness. So it's not just you know we just talk about it just before the before the tournament. Just the, along the way, there was a uh, more on the, the 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 upsets that that happened. Uh, Baylor, who was previously undefeated for the first time in AP poll history, lost two home games as the number one team. Uh, UCLA uh, was upset and uh, USC who was previously unbeaten uh, lost twice. So just a more, more the, uh, the, the upsets that happened. Uh, don't know if you could put it all on this, but the, I don't know if it's all of the PAC 12 or the more of the California schools, but USC and UCLA uh, no fans. At the, at the games right now. So to me, when I was watching the game, it's definitely noticeable, even more so than last year with COVID, where the NBA, you know, there were no fans at the beginning of the year. Uh, it was just when, when there were no fans anywhere, it was just, okay. But now where it's just a couple places have no fans, it's just immediately like, well, where is everybody? What, what's happening here? So hopefully, you know, once again, COVID, it's coming up and we can just kind of get over that, uh, over that hurdle, but it, it, it can't be great that you play at home with no fans and then you go on the road and you're going against uh, rival fans. Yeah. We got to, we got to actually see some basketball this weekend. Uh, some, some high school basketball, some good high school basketball. We sure did. And the premier high school basketball. <laughs> I don't know if we need that many adjectives to really describe it. It's still high school basketball, but yes, it, it, it was of high school basketball, better high school basketball. I'll say that, but you talk about the fans. It was, it was it was a real crowd in there for, for some of these. I, I'd say my the most impressive thing I, I would see is just how good the players were, how how smart the the teams were. There were certainly a couple bonehead moments here or there where it's like, yes, they're in high school, they're teenagers, they don't know better or anything, or they just aren't seeing like the the, the, the whole the whole court or the whole vision of it. It's just not kind of above their head or whatever. But the talent level was great. I, I really thought there was some good basketball, some good ball movement, some really good shooting, a bunch of dunking, a bunch of above-the-rim stuff. Uh, not a whole lot of post-ups or mid-range shots. It was a very consistent flow of the game. Uh, a little bit of zone defense here or there, mostly man, though, for the, the get-go. Not as much pressing as I thought I'd see for for a high school team. I thought I thought we'd kind of have the... With the who's uh, who's Huggy? Huggy, the, the, the they always have the, the ball pressure on the whole... Coach Huggins, uh, West Virginia. West Virginia. I, I thought we'd see more of that because I, I feel like in high school you can really pressure, you know, weaker ball handlers into making mistakes and capitalizing off of that. I don't know if that is more of a respect out of the other teams and the overall high high stakes of the competition that nobody really wanted to do that because if you know how to beat it, it's 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 kind of easy to beat. But if you're in high school, like I said, I feel like you can get that pressure onto people and make them make those mistakes without without them really even figuring it out. So I. I I was more impressed by, the, like I said, the style of play and the, kind of the consistency overall. I mean, some of the above the rim of these guys and just the size of them, man, 
Uh, but you know, talk about some of the recruits we saw. Like, where 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 are some of these guys playing? So just to fill everybody else in on what the heck Will is talking about, uh, we went to the uh, the Hoop Hall Classic, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. They uh, base it off of uh, there's kind of connection with the uh, with the Hall of Fame, but it is pretty much the premier team high school basketball teams in the country coming from 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 all over. If you are kind of plugged in on college basketball, uh, you know, or any of the recruiting, any of the top guys, there's a good chance they're coming from these schools. I mean, we're talking about Oak Hill, uh, La Lumiere, uh, Mount Verde Academy, IMG Academy, just all like all, all of the names. If you were to go look up like where, you know, your favorite NBA star came from, there's a decent chance that we, one of them came from from this school, assuming that they're they're American. But it's a it's a really cool uh, slate of games that they do. Where this this is like a ton of basketball. It starts on Thursday at uh, at four p.m. and goes all days, like right through today. There were five games today. But what's cool is that they start off the beginning ones on Thursday and Friday, which are a little less uh, of of interest to people uh, early on. Is they have some uh, some girls games as well as they have some local local teams play, so those ones aren't on ESPN like the the later ones are, but still very cool. Uh, I was excited to uh, see some Duke uh, recruits as well as some at least one possible uh, Duke recruit that uh, Mark Mitchell he hasn't made his decision yet. But yesterday we were able to see uh, Derek Lively, who is the the number one recruit in the country right now. He uh, very much didn't play like it, un- unfortunately. Uh, I missed out on being able to see uh, Filipowski. He played uh, He played today, and he had 28 points, 10 rebounds, 5 blocks. So definitely would have uh, liked to see that. But I- I'm-, I'm not sure I've ever been in a situation where I've thought there's been too much basketball. But I think I might have done too much basketball this weekend. Uh, you and I, uh, we had gone yesterday together, and I'm looking up. I believe that we went to, we saw three and a half basketball games, and then I think on Saturday I had saw six and a half basketball games. And with high school, it's eight minute quarters. It goes pretty quick, but you're just sitting on on the, on the bleachers. But it, somehow it, it kind of wears you out. I'm worn out from my much more minimal participation yesterday in, in watching that. I. I don't know if it's the bleachers or sitting upright and forcing yourself to sit upright. Like I, I just, there's not really a comfortable way to watch that. I don't care how many cushions you get underneath you. I don't care if you have a backrest. It's, it's not your couch. It's not at home. But, but like I said, it's it's live. It's fun. There's a crowd. There's reactions. It's it's a little weird of a crowd though. I don't I don't know if you described that quite quite as well with with it. There's not really sides. Everyone's kind of there just to watch highlights and something exciting happening. So. It doesn't matter which team really makes the play. We're all just waiting for somebody to make the play. So it's it's kind of a weird crowd in that in that aspect that we're all just desperate to be excited about anything. But it's not really a yeah, whole back and forth it, it, of it. Yeah, it, it's it's different from college where college there's you know thousands or I guess there's thousands of been to the high schools, but there's way more people that have been to these schools. So if they're playing away from their home arena there's still people that are interested in these, in the, in these blue bloods where these high schools, these high school kids aren't traveling. I, I'm, I'm looking through for Sunday. You know, we were there yesterday. 
the the teams we saw play, it's uh, the closest one would be Long Island, which is from Springfield uh, four four hour. I mean, depending on where on Long Island, and if you're taking the ferry, you're not like four or five hour uh, trip, and then you're looking at. Uh, you know, Missouri, D.C., Virginia, Illinois, Kansas, Utah, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Arizona. Like, it, it's from all over, but I, I very much agree with you. It was weird, uh, especially on Saturday, where guys are making, you know, it's just a regular jump shot. And, like, a couple people clap, but really there's no cheering unless there's a big dunk or a big block. Because that's kind of what people are there for. Uh, so it, it is an odd like quietness uh, to, to, to the game. And then there's some people that they've come to see a certain recruit play. And so if they're not playing till the next game, you know, they're not even paying attention necessarily all of the way. So it, it, uh, one of the, the weirdest uh, sporting events events I've been to from, from a crowd perspective. Yeah. It was still fun to see live. Nothing like watching everything live. Great seats too. Uh, Springfield. College. Yeah. It's at a, yeah. It's Springfield college, which is a D three college. Uh, so it's a little bigger than a, than, than a high school gym, but you could be sitting anywhere in there and you're still very close and just cool to see these guys that, uh, you know, in, in two to three years are going to be lottery picks in the, in the NBA and just be like, Oh yeah, no, I, I saw him when he was in high school and you'll have like little, little anecdotes that you wouldn't have had before. Uh, really glad that I made the, uh, made the trip uh, thinking for the future. It'll be a well, maybe a one day, filled with basketball but like we were talking about coming back it's almost like a uh, uh, a music festival where they spread it out and so you don't want to see every team on that day it's like well there's a couple of teams on this day a couple of teams and then the next day so that's kind of how they uh how they get you but it's definitely a lot of basketball you have to p- prepare accordingly you are sitting on uh, bleachers and it sounds like we're super old men on this but I mean, on, on Saturday, we got there at 1130 noon and we didn't leave until after after 10 o'clock. So it, it was legitimate over over a day's work of, you know, sit, sitting on these bleachers watching basketball. I think I lost my voice a little bit just from if it was one game, one game worth of ooze is, is fine. But 10 hours worth, it's just oh, it started started starting to get to me a little bit. <laughs> uh, we did see Coach Cal in the house. That was cool. Uh some other uh i'm sure there's some other recruiting recruiting coaches and teams there but uh it's so tricky with the uh with, with the masks i mean cal is a uh, pretty recognizable and he had a you know blue kentucky top on so just kind of able to connect all the dots but i wonder how many other uh premier type coaches that you would know if uh if they were named but with the masks and the distance and you know, just not being able to uh point them out yeah, well, a fun weekend nonetheless. I appreciate the invite. I would probably go back again. I, there's no way you're getting me to do longer than what I did do or more than one day. Like That's that's just too much. I, I, I just don't care too much. But I was, like I said, impressed with the overall style of basketball. I feel like when I'm – I guess I'm used to our garbage high school basketball of that just being really, really hard to watch. If it's just not being basketball, where we were making – you know, mistake, un, uh, unforced errors. There was very few unforced errors in this game. I think that's the level of quality basketball I, I have to at least watch. Where the teams, the teams aren't just going to dribble off their foot every other possession and, and make silly mistakes like that. So, it was definitely high high level basketball. Where you know, there's seven footers out there. There are big putback dunks. It it was it was very much games were played above the rim. 
which is unusual uh, for regular high school. That's why I want to you know said at the beginning that this was the best uh, of, of that high school basketball has to offer. You know what else I really, really like? I just like the flow of the game of high school basketball, the way it's officiated, the quarters, the, everything just is constantly moving on a schedule. It, it, it's funny that even in even watching a game in live, I couldn't avoid commercials where they would just play commercials on these little projector screens all over the arena in between the timeouts. Now, not, not every time, but just enough to the point where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm not watching on TV. Can I just avoid commercials somehow in, 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 any, in any capacity? But... I really like the pace of the game, even even with that being said. Everything just kept like going, and it, it felt like they let everyone play. And it, I, I don't think one player was upset. Maybe a couple bickering coaches, but I think that's just a competitive uh, that's coach. That's how you, you just you know, how, that, how it works. That kind of maybe comes with the job to some degree of, of you're just trying to nag and nag and you know get a little advantage here and there. You're, but but other than that, like I said, it, it was. It was a really good flow of the game. I really feel like the NBA has a disadvantage of being just so over-marketed in advertising, of just showing every single replay and all of that. And the, the oh, that was one of the things that uh, I was I was a big fan of. Uh, I think it was at halftime. It was at halftime, and clock was running down, and it was, I'm going to say, two seconds to one second. A uh, guy drives, and as he's driving, referee calls a foul, and pretty much as he's calling, just as he's calling the foul, they, uh, the, the horn goes off for the half rather than if it was the NBA or college would have went, spent five to 10 minutes to look, to find out, okay, you know, it was a foul. Was it 0.2 seconds left or 0.4 seconds left and would have taken forever. And then the team would have passed it in would have shot after the, you know, the, the horn went off. It had no consequence on the game. Just immediately the referee, uh, you know, they kind of like look at each other and just, you know, do the, the, the hand sweeping motion of, nope, it is halftime, half, half is over, and just awesome, awesome, just just keep this moving, this is so inconsequential, but I would also, I think it would be cool if uh, college went to quarters, I really did like the quarters. Yeah, I maybe, maybe. I think I, it just adds you... another, like, buzzer beater situation, that in college, you're, you're missing out on two different opportunities for that, and you're you know, you could just get rid of a timeout or you could rid of, yeah, get rid of a timeout in each half because you'll have the, uh, have the quarters. So it should keep the game about the same length. And it's just cool to know that, you know, they have the, the timed timeouts, you know, it's after 16, 12, eight minute, four minute, but just a little more of the clock is winding down. You have to make a play because the quarter is going to end and just more of that I think is, is better. I, I liked it. I liked a lot of it. Uh, let's talk some NBA right now. Uh, the one thing we didn't see, at least I didn't see of any of my high school games watching yesterday was, was any injuries. Uh, a lot, a lot of healthy young kids doing a lot of healthy, crazy things, man. Jesus. I like, I, I feel like I didn't li- like, did I even play high school basketball? When I look at the way these guys played high, high school basketball, it's like, I played a different sport than that. I did not play <laughs> that sport. I played a different type of basketball that maybe you could find on a Sunday league somewhere with some old guys. Like that, that was a lot closer to my, my high school play. But uh, no injuries, like I said, and we did have some very serious injuries this past week. Of Kevin Durant is going to be out for a couple weeks right now, which, yes, me, the fascinating thing with that is the MVP race felt like it's kind of his to lose, if you ask me. I mean, Curry was definitely in the talk, but he's he's kind of in a bit of a slump right now. They're working back clay. They're still winning, and it, it's not entirely because of him. I mean, he's definitely a main factor of it. Uh, we also lose Damian Lillard, who we've – We've we've talked about our our fantasy frustrations of uh, of him just 
just just Portland in general not really having a great year and just kind of imploding day by day of, of admitting that they're going to have to blow this up at some point, and it looks like Dame was more or less going to be likely out for the rest of the year. Uh, but with Durant being out, I, I really feel like this opens up the the MVP race, and I, I think Giannis is kind of in there. I think it's Jokers to lose at this point. You know, Jokic, with the, the amount of injuries they have in uh, Denver over there, I mean, he's playing without his two best guys, and Murray and Porter Jr. pretty much out the whole year, and he's still his numbers are crazy he, the assists and rebounds and the size of him and the way he's able to do everything it's, it's just really impressive uh is is there is there anyone else you kind of want to throw into the conversation here like like is John Morant fair like is that is that, is that too... you're missing you're, you're missing a big one I don't think you mentioned who's that former MVP uh Giannis yeah I mean I'll, I'll give Giannis some some credit but the he went seventeen for seventeen from the line the other night. Yeah, he's he's unlike most guys. He gets better every year. All right, that's the that's freakish wild. part about him. Like by the time he's in his twentieth year, he's going to be a ninety percent three point shooter. It's it's. I seriously think the work ethic of this guy is is unbelievable. The fact that he's able to just bring it every night, like that, like as if he's a high schooler and he has nothing else to live for. He every single night he brings it, and that's definitely his argument there. But. I think he's playing with better guys. I, I look at Jokic over there and the guys he's playing with. I mean, not 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 necessarily scrubs around him, but you know, there's no there's no Chris Middleton, there's no Drew Holiday. There's he's not playing with guys like that. And he's he's not playing against the East either. I, I mean, maybe the East. I is- I I want to I want to point out um, uh, Durant is not out a couple of weeks. Uh, he's he's out at least four to six weeks. Uh, as well as uh, Dame is out uh, six to eight weeks. So that's going to bring it right to kind of fantasy playoffs. So just right before actual playoffs, if Portland's even even in the mix, they're right at 10 right now. So it, it, I think Durant will for sure come back uh, as long as no, no, no issues. But uh, I think Lillard has a real chance to, to not make it back uh, to, I think John Morant's a nice story right now. But I don't think he's going to be able to make the uh, to be able to do what he's doing the rest of the year to have a a, a real shot at the MVP. And I, I don't mean that on a as a knock on him at all. I think at the beginning of the year, I I, I can't remember if I made him my wild card or if I, I definitely picked him for something, and because I can't remember if I picked him for the wild card or if it was Memphis in general. Of okay, you've had a couple of years where it's like, oh, look at like you're having a nice little run here, but if you want to go to the next level, you really have to step it up. And I think he has definitely stepped it up to be even that we're having this conversation about possible being in the, the MVP mix. But I, I think right now it is still, even with the, with the slump, it is Steph Curry's to lose. I think he could be out of his slump at any moment. And it's, it's, it's him. And uh, I mean, yeah, I just think Durant's going to be out for, for too long. I think Jokic, Jokic got it last year and, it's really hard to go back to back unless you're doing some crazy things. And his team is just kind of mediocre right now. Totally or a good, good portion of it because of injuries. But yeah, I, I would still, if I were, uh, you know, to have to put a bet down right now, I'd put it, put it down on Curry. Now the one thing that isn't being talked about, and maybe should be talked about a little bit more is what are the Brooklyn Nets going to do without Kevin Durant? I mean, we just said this guy might've been the MVP of the league. If he finishes out the year without this injury here, he's clearly been dominating and just scoring so effortlessly. And they just brought back 
Kyrie Irving, and he's on a weird schedule now with the games he can and cannot play and the practices he can and cannot participate in. And just the amount of COVID consistently going through all this. I mean, is James Harden finally going to wake up right now? Like, is this is this what it's going to take? Like, do we just need to increase James Harden's usage to wake up James Harden? Like, is he going to be awakened from all this? Well, they didn't. Uh, they didn't get it done today, but uh, Kyrie Kyrie showed up. He he, he had twenty seven. Uh, I know Harden Harden played a bunch of the games. I, I think it's going to take a little while to. Uh, Durant is a unique talent, and you just don't put another guy out there and say, "Go be Durant." So I think it's going to take a little while to to, to figure it out, but. I think that, I think if they tread water and then Durant comes back, they'll they'll be in good shape. I, I almost wonder if this is going to be a strength for them though, where it kind of forces everyone else to figure out, you know, how how to play without Durant. And then when Durant comes back, it's like, oh yeah, we kind of figured this out how to do this without you. And then the relief of having Durant just bail you out constantly is back again. But now you know how to do it without him as well. Like I, I think they have a chance to really improve on this team. Uh, it'll it'll be fascinating though. They have put a beat down on a couple teams before he got injured i mean the bulls specifically have been running into the buzzsaw of i don't know if media is just pushing it or if it's guys like me that were all in on chicago at the beginning of the year but it's almost like this is bulletin board stuff that just everyone had in the league of like we're not losing to the bulls the bulls think that they're hot shit we're gonna make sure we send a message uh these four game four past four games for them definitely some statement wins for for teams like the nets uh i think what the warriors smacked them down one time it's just just letting yeah, everyone they lost know. To, uh, to to Memphis, they lost to Memphis today, but still still in first. So even with the with the four losses, they they haven't lost uh they haven't lost their their position. It's going to happen if they 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 continue like this. But you know they they were, they were hot for a while, but now they are very much uh, headed in the wrong direction. Uh, definitely some good growing pains though for Chicago. I think these are good tests. I think this is a good scale of like hey. <laughs> I know we're number one, but that doesn't really mean anything. You got to be able to beat these type of teams in these type of games, and I think that that message is coming across right now. And I'm fascinated to see how they kind of bounce back. I, I I think they're a good team. I I I spoke early in the year. I was like, yeah, man, I'm I'm all in on Chicago, and you just laughed mm-hmm. at me. You laughed at me. I don't Probably. think I was nearly as in on the Grizzlies, and they they they're really good too. This is a team that. It, it always feels like we nominate all these teams. It's like, yeah, they're one player away. And it's like, imagine if Memphis just adds one more guy or if they're able to make a trade with like the 12 guys they have depth-wise on this roster for, for one more guy. Like there's there's a lot of flexibility there. I think there's some money there. There's a couple of vets I think you can move around with. The, what do you got, Steven Adams contract on there? I think that's something you could do. Although, and Steven Adams must be like the most beloved teammate in the world. I don't think he's good at basketball, but I think he's just that good of a teammate that everybody's just on board with it. They just deal with it. They're like, this is still a positive for us. I don't know how having a guy that can't score or has no interest of even turning to the basket is just such a positive for us. But he's getting the job done. There's something about that leadership, that toughness. Today in the game, right before I was watching, uh, probably like 10 minutes before the podcast, I saw a highlight. The the Bulls and the and uh, Morant kind of get into a little something here. And some guy gets in Morant's face and Steven Adams just hugs him and picks him up and moves him like 10 feet. Like just, just <laughs> wraps him up, literally lifts him off his feet. He's like, go ahead, keep talking. He's like still talking, but he realizes that Adams is now holding him and that there's nothing. <laughs> yeah, what, what are you going to do? There's here? nothing he can do here. He's only going to look bad. He kind of has to just let it happen because 
Go ahead. Yeah, try Steven Adams. Go try him. I dare you. Because to have the confidence of going over to pick up another NBA player is something only a confidence like Steven Adams has. That doesn't grow on trees. <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I still think that there's some some heart on this team. That grit and grind is very real in Memphis. And there's a lot to be excited about for them. I, I'm very fascinated on what their next move was. And it almost feels like, and it reminds me very closely where the Celtics were a couple years ago, where it's like you have all this young talent, all this depth. You've got, you know, Terry Rozier, Isaiah Thomas, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kelly Olynyk, like all of these picks. Marcus Smart, and, and I look, I look at where we kept it all, and we didn't make the right moves, or maybe we did make the right moves, and just the execution wasn't necessarily our fault of this, the injuries, and you know, some of the trading drama, and some players leaving. I, I'm fascinated to see how Memphis handles it because it feels like we were in a similar driver's seat, and now I look years later, and it's not even that we made wrong mistakes. It's that just that it just didn't work. So I'm curious to see what Memphis does going forward, and I don't know what it's going to be. I mean, what do, what do you think it's going to be? Do you, do you think they're going to ride it out with this team, or do you think this is we try to make a move for I, – I don't know who the Anthony Davis equivalent is of today's, but I assume there's somebody out there like that. I don't know if Memphis really wants to make a move right now. Yeah, so they they just do what the Celtics did, just push forward. This is our team. We'll get better every year. We try to keep everyone under contract that we can. The ones we can't, we let go, and we just continue to build. I mean, they got it's it's just they got a they got, they got a bunch of young guys, and it just seems like they all they all really like each other. They uh, what, we're on an uh, an eleven game win streak before they got tripped up by the uh, the Mavericks, and they only oh, they just beat the Bulls today, so. You know, just a maybe, just like a a little blip. So I, I don't know if yeah, if you, you're thirty and fifteen, it's just like when when something's working, do you really want to make a make make a move that could uh, like you said, like oh, maybe get rid of Stephen Adams? It's like everybody likes Stephen Adams, and Stephen Adams has has his role and knows his role. Well, why are you going to bring in somebody else that you could just mess it up? I get it. I get it. I just you don't regret any of the Celtics' lack of moves. Like you're happy with where we ended up and where we're at right now like we're still not even a bad position we're just not nearly as optimistic as we were years ago i i it's, it seems like it can go either way like you, you we could have made moves and we could be in the same spot just with different players well i look at the success we did have in the years that we could have had more success it's like there's a year where Kyrie gets hurt and uh and hayward goes down like the first day like that's a, that's a terrible year that that's if that doesn't happen who knows what happens? The East felt kind of open that year, and we just didn't, just could have had it. We got to a game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Look, we did a lot of things right. All right, Memphis is doing a lot of things right too. I'm just saying, yeah, the the party can end quickly if you if you don't prepare properly. That's that's all I'm saying. Uh, but doesn't that happen to pretty much every team? Yeah, no, but it's hard to get to where they're at right now to even have the chance to know that the party's going on or not going on. A lot of teams don't even get to here. You're at the point right now where there's a crossroads of really deciding what future you want to have. And, and that's that's exciting. That's a great place to be. I just, I, I don't know how it's going to play out. It's not easy. It's it's not easy to, you know, have you as the crown, man, right? I think you're just going to drive yourself crazy if you have some success and you're immediately thinking, well, in three years, what's going to happen? It's like, well... How about we just have fun right now where we're, we're really good and we're having a great time and we're beating teams down. And, you know, when was the last time Memphis was like really a factor in the playoffs? You know, it's grit and grind area. That's probably a decade ago. You got kids that have no idea. Oh, one of the things uh, we should mention, talk of Memphis. Uh, when Memphis was playing the, the Warriors, 
John Morant gets an and one layup towards the end of the game, pretty much to seal it. And then in the crowd are two kids, got to be like, what, between like eight and 10 years old, wearing I definitely Warriors jersey. That's probably Steph Curry jerseys. And they're looking for John to, to dap him up. And he doesn't stare him down. I kind of heard that a little bit, but he kind of like looks at him and just moves on because like you're wearing the wrong jersey. And then they had a deal the next day. You, any kid under 12 that brings a jersey, an older jersey, uh, in to trade it in will get a either a Morant jersey or a um, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, Jer- yeah, Jaron Jackson Jr. jersey, as well as two tickets to the game. I thought that was a great idea. You get some, you get some guys, some some kids that are seeing John Morant right now, and like John Morant is the best. Yes, I will trade in any jersey. It was rumored that a Zion jersey got traded in, that a Michael Jordan jersey got uh, got traded in, and now you get to go to the game. And as a, I mean, that is a sweet spot. Right at 10, 12 years old, that's like when you like really start to like basketball. I'm sure you can like remember right around 10, 12 years old, what was going on in the NBA. Cause that's when you first start like, Oh yeah, basketball is awesome. I know these players and I'm following it and I'm into it. I, I think also as a kid, you can relate to your first Jersey. And then you realize that took like a year of allowance to get that first Jersey. Cause it's not an affordable item. I think that's the one thing that stands out of all of this. This is not an affordable item. I, I mean, if you, if you have one or if your kid that has multiple, just know you're fortunate. You are very fortunate. So I think being able to have an opportunity to get this, as well as to get a new one of a guy that's playing, that you're watching, that's happening right now. Because I feel like another thing as a kid is if you couldn't afford the new one, you always ended up with the old one. You know, the knockoff one, the guy that got traded and now you got the jersey. At least you got a jersey of that team of a player that once was respected or something like that. So the the relevance of this is is really cool. I, I think... It definitely the story definitely puts a smile on my face. It would have meant the world to me of, of giving up a jersey to get a new current player jersey like John Morant. It really, really would have meant a lot. Now you talked about what jerseys I would have gave up. I probably would have gave up an Antoine Walker jersey. I don't know who the new player would have been though. Like you know, am I giving that up for like a Jason Tatum? Probably not. Maybe a Jalen Brown, but still probably not. But a John Morant? Oh yeah, you got me there. I, I'd, I'd give up the Tuan jersey for a for a John Morant any day. So I'd, I'd, I'd say overall, that's a it's, a it's a fun, positive story. All right, we don't get a lot of those. This is this is a hard world out here, tough times. So uh, we'll, we'll take it. Uh, you got about thirty seconds here before we're going out. Anything else you want to share for the people out there? Or uh, more time? Got, I'll uh, give you more time. What do, what do you want? No, no, that's fine. I got a bunch of uh, got a bunch of basketball in uh, this week. It's always cool. You get to see high school, college, and NBA, and just 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 a whole mix of it. And just funny at the you know at the end of the day, it just you know, you look looking around, just, guys. There's just there, there's no more basketball on tonight. Like we're we're, we're just done. Like what, what do you mean we're done? Like yeah, there's just like no Hawaii game or anything tonight. Like we're just gonna have to go to sleep so we can go watch basketball. So. Oh, always, always a fan of big basketball weekends, and we're just getting closer to March Madness and closer to the, to the playoffs, so looking forward to, to more basketball. Yeah, well, looking forward to being back next week. We'll have a lot of football highlights, maybe some basketball updates, and I don't know, maybe, maybe some personal goal updates. You know, I'll, I'll be working out now for a couple weeks. You know, every, every podcast, we get bigger, Zach. Every podcast. It's true. It's true. We should mention that more often. Yeah, we'll be back. Thanks for listening. Well, little column A, little column B.